All right, so we're recording. I'm going to introduce you, and we can get into whatever the fuck. All right. Um, should we... Okay, I'm just going to be like, hey, everybody. Welcome again to a very special episode. Why is this one special? For two reasons. Special because it's the 10th one. And another special reason is because I've been wanting to bring my friend on for a long, long time and uh, finally got around to doing it. So my friend goes by the name J.D. Harlock and uh, he's an SFF writer or sci-fi fantasy writer and uh, he's the poetry editor at Solarpunk magazine. He's the editor at large at Wasafari magazines and he's been published in Strange Horizons, the Science Fiction Poetry Association, Starline, and the Deadlands. Um, I've read his work myself. I've uh, been kind of a, a helper of his sometimes. And I honestly think his great his great works are truly great. And I strongly suggest you go and uh, read some of his stuff. Um, otherwise, very cool dude. I've known this guy. You know when you know someone for so long that you don't remember meeting them? Yeah, well, I don't remember. Since we were two, man. Yeah, like I, I don't even remember meeting you, and so uh, we probably welcome. met when we were truly conscious. Welcome, JD. Super glad to have you on the show, man. Thank you. I'm finally here. Yeah, it right. It took uh, how many rescheduling? Like three. Uh, how three, many? Oh, I also forgot to mention that me and uh, JD used to have a podcast together. Actually, we were co-hosts. Yes. Podcast together. Yes. So yeah, we had summer uh, from hell when it was so hot. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a fun oh summer from hell, man. You know, I I really look fondly back at those days. It was like a couple of months ago. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I know it was a couple, but like so much has changed at least for me since then. So it really does feel like yeah. a couple of months ago. I know what you mean. Yeah, Things yeah. changed for me. It's the I same mean, old. Uh... Yeah, I guess, I guess so. I mean, no, come on. What do you mean? You, you, you're going to the States soon, you know, that's a nice, nice change. Yeah, man. that's like a, the final act of desperation. Like I was so fed up, uh, the final straw. Yeah, usually, uh, you, know, you know, usually people's final act of desperation is like swimming to Greece or something. <laughs> yeah. No, because like I'm basically using up all the money I've saved from writing yeah. to go. That's, you know, after the crisis, that's the only money we have. Mm. And uh, I honestly would have continued living here because it isn't the financial. Uh, fi- finances aren't the reason I'm leaving it's just because, you know. Yeah, the lack of opportunity, I would demand. I need to tell you. And yeah. Um, yeah, like I just got fed up. Like I just basically wandered around my house haunting it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, then sit down every five minutes to write something, then go back to haunting it. I mean, and maybe no, once I, every full moon I get to go out or something. I, I think a lot of writers are like that. You know, like I remember there is like a scene, I don't know, you just reminded me of uh, Bukowski where he's like basically describing his life. And it's very much similar to that, just a hotel room and uh, he's drunk. It's the only difference. But yeah, a, I mean, have you ever read Hollywood by Bukowski? Hollywood by Bukowski. I think I, I've read most of his work. Hollywood is one of the novels. 
Yeah. Which what happens in that one? How old is he? He basically writes a film film screenplay, a screenplay. It's based on on Chanaski. No, not Chanaski. What's his name in the books? It's, yeah, it's life. Yeah. Henry Henry Chana. No, Chanaski, right? Is it Chanaski? No, he he he's uh, Bukowski in this one. He he says Chanaski is his alter ego in it. Oh yeah, yeah. So and it's based on Chanaski. Yeah. Yeah, it's based uh, like all of. Uh, so basically, this was this happened in real life. He was asked to write a screenplay uh, for the shady production company. Uh, because his friend was a film director that worked with them, mm. and at one point, this is when he's getting up there in the years. This is his fifth novel, the one before the last one he wrote, and okay. the last one he wrote was when he was dying when, from alcoholism. What, what, so what, this what, is probably the the only the last novel he wrote while he was lucid, mm. and this was like, I think the only novel, other than Woman, that takes place after he becomes a famous writer. Okay, okay, okay. The others take place early on, earlier on in his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in this novel, at one point, he thinks back to those days when he used to write when he was younger. And he wonders how he could have pulled it off, like just sitting there on the chair, starving, yep. not really eating, uh, yeah. fully drunk. Like he just doesn't have that energy anymore after, mm. you know, now he's in his 60s. And that's how I feel like, like during the pandemic, I have no clue how I used to stand for like three, four hours and write because I write stand. I used to write standing up where I'd have like this giant pile of books. And yeah, I just I mean, like uh, some people pa- type in a standing desks, like people actually stand at their job most of the time. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. But like at the because I, I'm, I have bipolar and I was manic for like a good chunk of the uh yeah. pandemic i was basically standing for like four or five hours at the time yeah, 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 yeah. typing manically uh thousands upon thousands of words and honestly though i like i remember when you were telling me like you, you've never i think written this much in your life and uh, uh it's amazing yeah, the sure, you, like, had, you know like you were pumping out yeah you were uh, industrial there was an industrial revolution in writing with the uh, yeah and uh like I've had phases in my writing since then, so the type of stuff I write has changed. Mm, but yeah. uh, I really miss the early stuff. This is the stuff you really like, like uh, Odd Gathering and. Oh, man, uh, that's yeah, I loved Odd. Uh, when did you write Odd Gathering? Chinaski. The thing is, like, I couldn't sell this stuff. Mm. Like I ended up uh, selling Odd Gathering for twenty five dollars, and it's like a four thousand five hundred word story. You sold it for twenty five so, for like for what kind of rights? Like, do they have it for? First, like- you never sell the rights to your story. You basically sell first publication rights. Okay, yeah, and so essentially, it's still yours. I mean, you can sell it again. Of course, so everything I I own everything I've written. Yeah, that's, that's good, in man. sci-fi fantasy, you don't sell away the rights; you just sell away the first publication rights. Okay. So the publisher is the first person who gets to publish it. Cool, cool, yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, so I sold that for twenty-five dollars, and pro rates is eight cents per word, and at like four thousand three hundred words, the story should have netted me around three hundred. Uh, pro rate. Three hundred eighty to four hundred. End up giving it away for twenty-five. Yeah, and that's that's putting aside the quality and like the beauty of the story. That I, I personally really loved it. Yeah, yeah, like I love the story, and I I wanted to write more like that early on, but because yeah. you know the demands of the market, no one it, wanted to publish this. I I kind of get like, what you mean that. by that older the older uh, style that you used to write. There was almost I don't want to say um I, I feel like there was a stronger influence of like Miyazaki maybe because like there's this almost fantastical yeah. kind of element to your older writing you know 
yeah, there was this really strong world building. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And same goes for Chinaski as well. Have, was, wasn't it nasty? Because you have to explain everything now. Like, you can't just mention stuff in a sci-fi fantasy short story yeah. if you want to sell it to the magazines. Because the editors, they're basically giving it one look. And if they don't get everything from the first read, they're basically yeah. just going to, you know, reject it. They, they're not going to put the effort to try and understand what you're referencing uh, that kind of stuff. Like you can't do the Star Wars thing where you have characters reference events outside of the context of the story yeah. somewhere else in the universe for world building, which I love doing. But like I can't I know, do yeah, that. Yeah, I, I find that like such a beautiful kind of uh, element of storytelling. You know, like and and you have that a lot in Lord of the Rings. You know, you're re- referring to like wizards yeah, exactly. and stuff that you you have no clue about, and you're like, what the fuck? What's going on in that part of the world? But uh, that won't, they won't let you do that in the sci-fi fantasy magazines. Yeah. Maybe so, in short like, stories, it makes more sense than in a uh, novel. I mean, I'm I'm talking about short stories that they won't. Yeah, let yeah, you exactly. Do this. That's that's what I mean. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm it, like I've seen short story series get published, but I've never read uh, episodes of those series. I wonder how. I guess basically they're very episodic. They don't really reference yeah, but like, from outside. I mean, H.P. Lovecraft's stories kind of do that too, and they're short stories. You know, they refer to something that the the reader doesn't know about. Yeah, but the reference is so vague. Like he's like this elder god, and then this elder god probably depends on the story. On yeah, it could story, be but... extremely vague, yeah. but it could be pretty concrete. You know, like with Robert E. Howard, every Conan story basically reintroduces Conan. Mm-hmm. Like you get the same. Uh, like he does it differently each time, but he basically reintroduces Conan, and he tells you how Conan looks like in every single one of like the th- seventeen short stories. That's cool, I didn't. Know. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like I really wanted to do episodic short stories that mimic TV. I don't want it to mimic movies. I wanted yeah. it to mimic TV, where basically yeah. every short story is catching up on these characters and their new adventure, that kind of stuff. I, I still want to. I want to see. Episodes, more episodes, or more stories of Chinaski, of nasty Chinaski. Me too. Like I'd love to continue writing. Like I actually have plans to expand the story I showed showed you to a mm. novella, Mm-mm-mm. and uh, I actually started working on it and added like two thousand words. But you know, life in Lebanon is so uh, draining, so that I I never quite finished it. I like for me to finish it, I'd need to sit down in a state of like bliss or peace yeah. and just. Uh, which is not possible here, which is why I'm leaving. But um, there's another series I've always wanted to show you. I think you'd enjoy that one too. Uh, the the draft that exists of the story isn't as polished as it could be, and I still have plans to expand it wait, wait, to wait, a novella. Uh, the Sea Ladies Salvage Company. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, you've sent it to me. Yeah, but you've never read it. Yeah, I don't think I read it. What was yeah. it about? Remind me. Uh, no, like. Um, I'm trying. Uh, can we? I, I don't like sharing the synopsis, the stuff that hasn't been published. Okay, fuck that's it. That's okay. Well, we can like yeah. yeah. Cool. No, uh, in general, I, I've most. I'm mostly focusing on poetry these days. I'm trying to really uh, finish some short stories, but uh, I have no clue. Like it's kind of surreal how uh, I, I have such a hard time getting these short stories published. Like every single one gets rejected for a different reason. Sometimes they're acceptable reasons and sometimes the reasons just uh are borderline offensive yeah. but uh, you know you have to keep like pressing on with this stuff um do you have like friends that are 
are pub like uh, not publishing but sending their their works as well to these uh, magazines like are you able to to know you mean sci-fi fantasy magazines specifically sure the ones you you uh the ones you apply to like you send your no not at all like i have the, the other editors at the magazines i work with and i yeah. do consult them for edits and that kind of stuff but you know it never seemed to uh make much of a difference like You've read a lot. Like, do you remember uh, Bahamut and Kuyutha Tainted? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. Like, I feel like that's publishable. I mean, it's not a yeah. masterpiece. No, I'm no, not no, but it's definitely it is, but a very I, clean I, story. Yeah, exactly. Like, that uh, recently made it to the second round of this magazine I've been trying to get into for two years now. But, uh, you know, it didn't make it past that round. I, I wish there were statistics uh, I, on this stuff. Like, how, you know, like, there what is? Are the stati- yeah, like, what, what do you know? What do you know? Like, like how many. So there's a website called Submission Grinder where you basically go and check. Uh, you have to self-report there, and most writers will self-report. You basically go self-report when you submit and what the response was and how long that response took. Okay. So okay. you have like not accurate statistics, but like semi-accurate statistics yeah. that are as close as accuracy as you can get on how ma- how much magazines are getting, how much they're accepting, mm-hmm. and when they're responding. Okay. And um, like there, like I, I got like a one-two punch combo yesterday, so I got rejected from two graduate degrees. All right. And which I ones got were rejected? Uh, I got rejected from U Florida. Okay. Which is like depressing, and um, yeah, I got rejected from NYU. But like on top of that, I got re- my poem that they've had for. 130 days got rejected they told me uh, the editor told me it it was it uh, it had made it to like the final round Uh but it took 130 days for me to hear back um like this one i thought it might get published but didn't end up getting published it would have been my second poem in strange horizons which is one of the top sci-fi fantasy magazines uh there was another one where it took them 90 days to get back to me baffling magazine it's another magazine I've been trying to get into forever. And I was w- one of the final people to hear back, according to Submission Grinder. They sent rejections and acceptances. Uh, I was one of the last 19. Damn. And uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think they publish 10 in each issue every year. So Damn, damn, you're close. Yeah, so, like something like that. Yeah, so that was close. Um, I have, I've had a lot of close calls over the years, but... Uh, in general, I, I I feel like uh, at this point I don't want to keep because I just want to release these stories. I just want to yeah yeah I get you I get you get man. them out into the world even if they're not perfect yeah uh, like yeah. I'll I'll spend time later perfecting them after I get feedback because at know, this point I feel like it's helped back my career. Uh, you know my my brother-in-law. I've told you about him. Who he's also a writer. Yeah. He has a lot of good poetry and short stories from his earlier writing stuff. And a few days ago, we were talking and he sent me a PDF where he's basically compiled all of his favorite works from like the older works, yeah. short stories and po- <coughs> Sorry, poems and uh, short stories. And yeah, he just made like an anthology, if you can call it that. And uh, I thought that was really, really cool, you know, and I think you can do like that. It's like you've, you've also published your uh, that's a short, the anthology as well of poetry back in the day but yeah that was a long time ago uh, yeah but i mean like i usually don't talk about it because i'm not very happy with it they weren't finished and i was I mean, basically you were like what 16 or something oh, you were like uh, young 14 or something yeah yeah, Less, this was yeah. before but i mean in, in the same uh, idea you know like yeah. 
it's we've done it no before. no for sure because like i feel like at this point i've been held back career-wise by holding on to these stories and hoarding them until like some magazine yeah exactly could, like, pity on me and publish exactly. them. no 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 don't like and, that's the thing don't wait for them like kind of throw it out there man yeah like because after a while at this point uh, i qualified to enter the sfwa which is the naabe for science fiction and fantasy writers so like because uh, i've sold of- enough of sci-fi. The science fiction science fiction and fantasy writers association of america yeah well that's pretty damn cool it's like the uh, union uh, for sci-fi fantasy writers. in it or something yes he was one of the heads of it like back yeah. in the 90s but now yeah. he's not as involved but he tried to turn it into an actual union like legally speaking it still yeah. functions as a union now but uh like it can't legally be a union uh like I, I qualify to become like to actually be a member. Um, like at this point, I've seen people who have started after me uh, reach where I want to be. Yeah. And I, I, you know, like me and these people have competed for the same spots in the same submission periods at the same moments. And after a while, like I, it, I just get the impression that the type of stuff I write will never be published, no matter, by these magazines specifically, no matter how much I polish them. Maybe yeah. there's a cultural aspect to it. I, there's cultural content. I, I mean, it's they're seeking something, let's say, and you're on another... Yeah, in general, I'm not a fan of sci-fi fantasy literature. My passion yeah. for sci-fi fantasy comes from anime, manga, yeah, um, I got you. I got you. anime, manga, comic books, film, TV that and animation yeah 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 no i get you like like yeah, what you would find an anime there's the art element the visual art element of fantasy that i think that you're also interested in you know which is why there's you know you mentioned a bunch of visual arts as well like anime and uh, comics yeah and yeah it plays a huge role like that's the thing same goes for me by the way like my interest in the fantasy and the sci-fi is mainly in like my primary form of uh, indulging these uh, interests is through video games and uh, like yeah they're paired oh, yeah, and with, video games i forgot to mention yeah and, and they're paired with beautiful visual art and good stories nice world building uh, and that just that's that's it you know uh, and that's why i think world building is super important because i think world building is for me one of the primary reasons that i'm drawn to fantasy and science. yeah I just, I just, oh yeah, I love going into worlds that don't exist, man. Fuck, that's awesome. Like, I have a different take on it. Basically, mm. uh, when you look at the type of sci-fi fantasy I cherish, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, yeah. or Technolize, mm. when it comes to anime, or like Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, or mm. Akira when it comes to manga, yeah. or uh, Watchmen when it comes to mm. comic books, or The Sandman when it comes to yeah. comic books, and like this type of sci-fi movies and TV shows I like, I don't really like sci-fi fantasy genre fiction. I like sci-fi fantasy literary fiction. I like my literary fiction to have sci-fi fantasy elements in it. Okay. Even the literature, sci-fi fantasy literature I'm into is stuff like 100 Years of Solitude or uh, 1984 or Brave New World. It's not yeah. stuff like Asimov or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've never read anything for Asimov and I don't know how I haven't read anything for him and I really want to... Like, they're I know not I'd good like... writers, that's the thing. Like, like the sci-fi fantasy writers, the ones who write genre, who are operate within the fandom, like I am now, they're not good writers. Like, a lot of them are pretty fucking terrible writers 
and the priorities of the sci-fi fantasy community in the magazines and with publishers is pretty different mm. than what most mainstream people would like about sci-fi and fantasy. Mm. That's why you're never going to see something by Asimov be treated with the same respect like something like 1984. Sure, sure. And I, I generally just prefer literary fiction and uh, literary fiction's approach to sci-fi and fantasy. I, I, I honestly... Yeah. Uh, even with genre fiction, I prefer it in other mediums than literature. I can't. I'm not really into like three act structure stories yeah, yeah, where like yeah. the villain, yeah, the, where the, there's like a climax and a villain has to be defeated and tension. Like I prefer yeah, sci-fi fantasy in Japan where it's mostly slice of life and that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I wanted to say about Asimov. I think what makes him um, so legendary, say in in his field, is that. The ideas that he spawned, you know, not not necessarily the story, yeah, exactly. the style of writing, but just the 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 core science fiction, the the way the guy kind of um, predicted what may happen in a, f- a scientific, a future a futuristic science based civilization, right? And that's that's the juice. That's kind of the world building as well, you know. So I'll I'll get into the head of an editor, sci-fi editor. Mm. Uh, Basically, like if 1984 was going to be published by the sci-fi fantasy community, I don't think they would let it get published because the society in 1984 doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. there's a lot of plot holes. Yeah. scientifically, it's not accurate. Exactly. exactly. Uh, the way it's structured doesn't have like a three-act structure with a yeah. climax where some where people are blasting lasers at each other. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Like it would be a way stupider story if it had to go through the sci-fi and fantasy yeah. uh community machine. And um like what sci-fi fantasy editors like is no plot holes, uh accurate science, interesting ideas being posed but not really discussed or talked about in any meaningful way. Like 1984 really delves into these topics yeah. it's trying to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and Brave New World does too I, I've, you're not going to see that in a sci-fi and fantasy story published in the community. Yeah, it's almost it's like you're looking at pulp in that sense. You know? Yeah, yeah it is pulp. Like, yeah. they're, they're one and the same. Yeah, like, yeah, in general, absolutely. there have been attempts at trying to create fancier literary fiction varieties of sci-fi fantasy magazines yeah. like Strange Horizons. Um, but in general, most of them are still very pulpy into like these really pulpy stories where a bunch of astronauts go to yeah. like some planet and an alien starts attacking them and like i've read this type of story published recently in these magazines a couple of times and uh, this is like one of the oldest lamest stories i can think of but you know they're still interested in publishing that kind of i mean i i get you i'm i'm personally guilty of enjoying pulp once in a while like sci-fi pulp stuff uh like ian banks ian banks i guess is the king of sci-fi pulp no um he has like, uh, I've, I've never read the end banks but like yeah i I'm guess he's, sure. the most, he's the most prolific well at least in recent uh like the past two three like decades. the thing is even sci-fi fantasy genre fiction i prefer it in other mediums because really the visual element yeah and huge. the quality is way better but like okay for example for example with ian banks's culture series the whole culture series you have this like ten thousand year um uh future and there's the history of earth and this extremely kind of developed society right like the technology is just peak right there's it's fully developed um you have like uh no one there's no money because everyone has everything they need right this it's kind of like extremely futuristic society and that's where i think 
he's playing with some uh, social ideas of how f- how far could we get let's say we all had everything we need um then what you know we could all we could access anything right um these kind of like you're kind of almost removing limitations that i think is harder to recreate with visual uh like visual representations because this isn't necessarily just visual it's almost an uh, abstract idea of how society could work uh with these kind of uh, qualities you know of infinite supply and uh, so it, it that's where i find it to be really cool like those are the things that stuck with me from his series like the idea that people can change their gender any any other day like there's no limitations there's no more physical limitations there's no technological limitations there's no access like there's everyone's has open access to everything right and it's just interesting to see um, where that would go and each book covers a different story within that culture uh, in different times and different places in like a, a galactic civilization you know uh, yeah, but like this doesn't sound like what I'm talking about, which is basically like the boom, boom, zap, zap. No, it uh, is. But the thing is, it absolutely is. Stories. I'm, I'm framing the whole entire okay. series, right? Within this world yeah. where he's exploring these ideas. But if you go in through each book, no, it's it's very much action shooting, cool stuff happening, you know? Like I'll give an example. Basically, Slice of Life is really popular in anime and manga. Mm. And I love Slice of, uh, slice of Life fantasy and sci-fi i think it's fascinating it's really interesting yeah. it's almost impossible to get it published in one of these magazines I mean, it's also an like something that in its own uh, sense i guess i'm not no, like i'm talking about the type of story slice of life story like kiki's delivery service i don't think would ever be published in mm. the u.s mm. uh it's just one of those things because it was a novel first just one of those things where there's no tension there's no plot yeah, there's no yeah, conflict yeah, 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 yeah. it's just the witch moves to a city and lives her life and yeah. i love stories like that yeah and you uh, listen like i also love genre fiction i love boom boom pow pow action and that kind of stuff too mm. i love star wars but that can't all be what you publish and Absolutely. unfortunately in these magazines that's all they publish it's like either uh like a lot of them aren't even that well written that's what bothers me so yeah. much like yeah, yeah. Uh, um i don't know like in general it's not my vibe like i never really cared much for sci-fi fantasy literature the ones i like again are from literary fiction writers like uh, george orwell so to me it was never really a scene i felt like i fit in that much hmm. and uh, in general you've seen some of the rejection letters i've got i get a lot of personalized rejections which is yeah. rare and it's because you're uh, usually, it's because you're a good writer usually it's consi- no, no, usually it's considered the badge of honor but there's certain rejections i've shown you where like Either the editor sounds genuinely pissed to have read my story, like like I ruined this guy's day, yeah. or where like you're seeing the opinion of multiple editors comment on the same story and it's va- it's polarized. Mm. Like I remember the one for uh, uh, intergalactic parking enforcement. Yeah, Do you remember very that funny, one? That very story. funny, very nice, creative. Yeah, so like I remember I sent you a rejection letter where basically you had the opinion of three editors, yeah, 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 one yeah, on yeah. top of each other. I remember. The first guy loved it and thanked me for letting him read it. The second guy was more like milk toast. He's like, I like it. It, it needs some work to fix up. Yeah, and the third editor just yeah. fucking hated it. Like it was like I ruined his fucking day. I don't know why day. though. Like it, uh, you know, I'm I tend I have the tendency to do that. Like. I've hated, like, I've openly told you I don't like your work, like, some of your stories, you know? Like, yeah. and the thing is, like, no, when something's funny, I I, I don't know. Is it about humor? Is it like, about... I feel like some of them you're really unfair to. Uh, <laughs> I'll maintain. Yeah. 
I feel like if you read them now with like in a better mood, you'd prefer them. Uh, yeah. By the way, do you know what the story I've made the most money on is? What? Dear Zutu Weeks. Which? Dear Zutu Weeks. Dear Zutu Weeks. Uh, did I like it or did I not like it? No, I I you I were remember. Like toast about it. Yeah, I was because I, there was potential there, but I also felt like it was a bit uh, try hardy. You know, yeah. It was like so that's the one I've made the most money on, and, and for some reason the, I've like, actually sold it and resold it a bunch of times. It takes place in the same world as as the intergalactic parking uh, dudes. Yes. Yeah, and and I they cross paths in another story. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they like, cross paths in the main story. I, I I liked what you were going for. I really loved what you were going for, but um, yeah, I felt like with you two weeks, the the there was a lot of, um, there were like pieces that i just felt like oh is that necessary you know yeah but yeah no i i, I like the world i like that world that z2 weeks is part of yeah i think yeah part- like i would love to sit down and explore more of it i have like four short stories that are almost done or halfway done in that universe where like the parking enforcement uh, team is expanded and you get to meet the other members and their adventures cool and That's actually uh, so cool. No, yeah, like I have them. They're almost done, but I, yeah. I, it's kind of like the same thing with Chinaski and the Sea Ladies. Yeah. Uh, I lost the motivation to expand this universe because, again, like the sci-fi fantasy magazines won't publish any of it for a variety of reasons. Bro, Sometimes bro, they, go rogue. Go fucking rogue, man. Comedy. Just pu- self-publish. Yeah, you know. You know, fucking yeah, go exactly. Like, I, I need to, but like I need a clear head to do so. But like, yeah, yeah. again, like... One of the things sci-fi fantasy magazines will rarely publish is comedy. Mm. And a lot of the early stuff I was writing was sci-fi and fantasy comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the, they won't publish Slice of Life, rarely will they. And a lot of what I write is Slice of Life. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I mean, not... like basically almost everything I want to write goes against what they, what they by, by principle will never publish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to yeah. say that writing yeah. comedy, I think, is hard. Writing something funny is hard. Like, I feel like it's easier to make people laugh with, uh, you know, physical actions and obviously joking yeah. and stuff. But writing a funny scene is is different than, than saying something funny or doing something funny. And the fact that you manage like, to, to do me, it, yeah. is, it's impressive. And that's, and I, I don't know, I think that's why they don't publish a lot of comedy because... They're gonna get a it's lot. It's so second of... nature to me, though. That's what's sad yeah, yeah, about it. Like you. I can pop out comedy forever. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm, they I'm won't sure a lot of people. It, so I, have, I have to stop writing comedy. I'm, I'm sure satire. There are many people that think they're funny and write and send in to comedy, and I guess that's why maybe that's they what don't they want. say. Yeah. Yeah. No, they say humor is subjective, and the stuff they get, they doesn't I mean, usually make a, them laugh. A huge degree, it is. Like uh, I, like you know, yeah. for me personally, I. Like if I find something funny, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know stamp it as funny. But I know other people don't find it funny, you know. Yeah. The thing is, I don't try one style of humor. Like yeah. the stuff you've seen has widely different styles yeah, of humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or I don't know how much of it you've seen because I have other series that I don't think I've ever shown. Like you. I really like the, uh, the laid back humor in in Chinaski. You know, it's uh, it's almost yeah, yeah, like a touch of cynicism. You know, kind of like uh, laissez faire. Like there was a period a year ago where basically I was working on these stories that I wasn't passionate about, that I really didn't want to be working on. And uh, like, I'm just literally killing myself trying to finish them and polish them to send them into magazines. 
and uh, I'm just basically writing what the magazines want to, and it's not what I want to write. And as much as I polished them and sent them in, I was still getting rejected, and that honestly killed me on the inside. Um, yeah. I've quit a couple of times because of it, where like I just felt like, uh, I like it just felt like I was Sisyphus, just pulling, pushing a rock up the hill. Yeah, I mean and, that's the story at me. I mean that's it represents this struggle, you know, that we like everyone goes. Yeah, through but it's like. Own. Um, wait. Some of the stories you've seen, like I, I haven't shown you every rejection letter, but some of them were like the editors genuinely pissed off to read yeah, my story. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck you, man! Uh, I've gotten a bunch again. of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was forcing myself to work on stories that I wasn't passionate about, polishing yeah. them to fuck, sending them, sending them to magazines, and getting like jack shit back from them, or them telling me. It's not there yet, or t- them telling me we were gonna publish it, but uh, someone beat you, and that yeah. kind of stuff, and it really soured my uh, my, my my perception of sci-fi uh, fantasy magazines. And uh, yeah, like I went back to read a lot of them recently, and I'm like, these are pretty good. Like they're not yeah, horrible. Man. They're I, not bad. I know, man. I've, uh, it's just that sci-fi fantasy magazines don't have the funding, and uh, they they have to be very picky. Because they rely on donations yeah, mostly, exactly. so there's a lot of competition for space. And, and honestly, that's why I tell you, go rogue, man, and pray to the gods of the free market because they will they will set you free. You know, if if you have a product that the people like, it'll talk, it speak for itself. And uh, I'm sure there's. I'm that's sure. why I'm moving to the states. Like, yeah, exactly. I don't feel like I have the peace of mind to run a self-publishing business while I'm here. Because yeah. life here, I feel like it's suffocating. Even when there are no problems, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like sullen and depressed for no reason most of the time. And um, yeah, I'm hoping things will change once I go. And I hope I don't have to come back. I, I feel like I'll probably end up back in Beirut in a couple of months. Well, if you but do, we'll, we'll, have, have, we'll have a pod. We'll, we'll record uh, the, the 20th episode. So we can make this a tradition. Every 10 episodes, you can be the guest. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds. I'd fun. love that. Uh, yeah. That sounds fun. Like whether you um, go to the states or. Have or you ever seen? Where, uh, hopefully, yeah. 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 What were you saying? Uh, there's this um, Seven Up or Six Up. There's this basically what? reality TV uh, film series or show that they've been doing since the sixties, okay. where basically they've been interviewing people every seven years to see oh, where they ended up in life. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, like they've been doing it now for like 70 years, I think. Whoa. I think the guy, the director, he was like 90 and died, so now they stopped doing it, but uh, they managed to do it up until the kids were in their 60s. Damn. And it's this really interesting study, anthropological study. Oh, is it on UK. gifted kids? No, no, it's a very old series. It's like some... No, uh, but because there's a, there like, was a uh, similar study they did on gifted children... Um, and this the is a documentary series. Yeah, yeah. Hello, maybe it's based on the study. I don't know because there's a study, like a scientific study, they did where they tracked a family, a gifted family, and their kids to see if giftedness like goes was genetic, basically. And yeah, they follow. They've been following kids since like maybe the 60s or 70s. I can't remember. This is kids from all over the socioeconomic spectrum, like Six poor kids, up, rich call, kids. Or seven up, you called it. Yeah, seven up. I thought you were talking about the drink. <laughs> Yeah, the thing, thing is, I don't know if it's... I think they'd be sued by 7-Up. Oh, it, I think it's called Up. Yeah, it's just... Oh, no, it's 7-Up. Yeah, you're right. I was right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this predates 7-Up, man. <laughs> yeah, it might. 1964. Man, <laughs> I'm actually going to watch It's so crazy this. that like 7-Up is such a powerful brand to us that we yeah. think it's like eternal. 
the idea that something relates to Severed off. The gods. Yeah, Michael Apted. He's dead now, I think. He died like a couple of years ago. The most recent uh, installment is 63 up in 2019. 63 up? What? Yeah, but then he died in 2021. He wanted to do 84 up when he was 99, but died. And he died at 79. Oh, he he wasn't that old. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 79. It's a good, it's a ripe age, you know? Yeah. Juicy age. So I guess we have to wrap up now. And we've planned the next 7 up. the masterpiece installment. Ten up. Let's call it ten up. Ten up. Yeah. Yeah. So like ten <laughs> nine up. I remember I told you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to the US to do heroin to forget love. <laughs> no, man, man, please. That's honestly. That, Imagine that. <laughs> like yeah, 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 like ten episodes from now. It's like we're we're recording and you're 20 like. Up. <laughs> Yeah, that actually would be fun. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna plug in any of your handles, Twitter or whatever? You can find me on Twitter at JD Harlock, JD underscore Harlock, and on Instagram at JD underscore Harlock. Go follow him, or I will send a pack of wild dogs to eat you and your loved ones. Uh, and yeah, so. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for having me on, Aman. It's always man, a pleasure. I'm, I'm really, yeah, it's the same. Like, I'm actually looking forward to the next one. Thanks, man. Yeah, me too. All right, then. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed. And have a nice week, everybody. That was fun, bro. Yep. That was really fun.